uh, had a, a different message. And then during the meal, Brother Cofield over there eating so much, it changed my heart. <laughs> yeah, we will preach on gluttony, yeah. No, the thought, the, the thought is this. Are you blessed? Are you blessed? We would, all, we would all say that we are blessed to some degree, in some manner. And uh, let me read, well, let, 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 me, let me see if we can get to a couple pictures here. Get through some of these. This wasn't rehearsed, sorry. That's, that was our four-wheeler. <laughs> I want to get to where some of these kids, and then talk about them. We went down uh, in October, and uh, we were able to go out to where a man has asked us to start a church. And to get there, we had to go across the bay, and we loaded the four-wheeler and trailer up on the boat and took it across, and then... From there, it was supposed to have been a three-hour ride, but uh, Hurricane, not Hurricane, Tropical Storm Nate was coming through, and so we just did make it across the bay in time and got over to Puerto Limpita, and those four-wheeler pictures you saw, it was raining, and so we started out in the rain. There was eight people in the trailer, and me and a preacher on the four-wheeler, and we wrapped the... the, the um, guitars up on front and we headed out and got up to as far as the river about an hour and a half and the water was already up and was over the river because of so much rain so we had to go the long way and finally about 8:30 that night uh, we made it in it ended up being 150 miles uh, in that rain on the four-wheeler but anyway we got there, and these folks were there, and they had, they had built a, a tabernacle. But I was, I was just looking at some of these kids. I want to get to this particular uh, slide, this one here. Y'all can, y'all can handle this one. Kayla got mad at me when I posted it on Facebook. She said, Daddy, you put a picture on Facebook of a naked boy. And I said, no, he had a jacket on. <laughs> He was standing there, we had taken down these little frisbees, they're just little cloth things, and they were showing me their frisbee, but I said, let me take a picture. Well, he was holding it down to his side, and I said, well, show me your frisbee, and so he held it up in front. I said, that's good, right there. <laughs> Is he blessed? I'll show you later the house he lives in. It just has... Uh, it's long leaves, they dry them, tie them up. You tie so many, the water just runs off. Is he blessed? Uh, he uh, sleeps on the board floor, which most all of them do. Uh, he drinks dirty water, takes a bath in the same creek that they get their water out of. Is he blessed? We say we're blessed, and we, we, we think of... Rings, we think of clothes, we think of house, 
we think of car, we think of job, we think of these things like that. Okay, what do you have to have to be blessed? What do you have to have to be able to sit here in church tonight, or wherever you're at, assume, let's say you don't have a church, what do you have to have to say that you are blessed? What does the Bible say? I've got two passages of Scripture. We'll read them uh, to you if you want to turn there. Psalm chapter number 32. Psalm chapter number 32, verses 1 and 2. This is the truly blessed person. Blessed is he whose transgression is what? Forgiven. Whose sin is covered. Oh, blessed is the man unto whom the Lord imputeth not iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no God. He may not have any pants on. And she may only have her underclothes on. They may live in what we would call poverty. But they can be blessed just as much as you are blessed. Why? Because blessings have nothing to do with the finances and the ease and the amount of cushion that's on your pew has nothing to do with air in your car or however, whatever thing that we might think. Blessing has to do with we have heard the gospel and we have had opportunity to respond and God has saved our wretched soul. And because of it, we can lift our hands. We can give testimony in the congregation that we're blessed. Not because of what we have on the outside, because of what we have on the inside. Now then, go back to Psalm chapter number 1. And he tells us again. He tells us again. Blessed is the man. Now you can go all through Psalms. He's got all kinds of blesseds in there. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. Instead of those things, blessed is the man whose delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. Are you blessed? And that's the, that's, and, and I'll, I'll, I'll grant you this, even down there in La Mosquitia, the Miskitos, a lot of them, they've never had a Bible before. And we'll go out and we'll hand out New Testaments. And that would be the, the first Bible they've ever had. And, and especially the first they've ever had in their language if, they, if we give them a, a Miskito New Testament. And, and many times in, in our church that we've started, the New Testaments have gotten so common to them, they'll come to church and not bring their Bible. They're just as bad as us, are they not? We're blessed. We have Jesus in our heart. 
But do we meditate? Do we delight in His law? Do we treasure His Word? Do we treasure the things of the Word of God? If we do, then we are truly blessed in our life. Now then, it goes back. We could, we could do the thing. If you have your Bible, raise your Bible. We won't do that because I'm not trying, to embarrass, not trying to embarrass you. But how do we have a Bible at home? but we didn't bring it to church? Or do we leave it at church and not take it home? <laughs> or, or does it get stuck in the car? Blessed is the man, but his delight is what? In the law of the Lord and the word of God. How much of it do we read? How much of it do we obey? How much of it do we meditate on and study? Now we stand and we can raise our hand and we can say, Brother Cofield, thank the Lord for blessing me. I was able to sit down this morning and read three chapters in my Bible. I was, I, we were just with a missionary to Romania, and I had an opportunity to go with Dr. Carpenter years ago uh, to Romania. was in a church, and that church, during the communist occupation, they had a Bible, but it was all cut up into pieces and different people had different portions of the Bible. And even at that, they, would, they had to trade them out and, and that kind of thing to keep them from getting uh, confiscated and stuff. Oh, and, and there we were coming in after, after they had had freedom. And every one of them came in and they had their own personal copy of the Scriptures. What love they had. Why? Because they knew what it was not to be able to have it. We are truly, truly blessed, are we not? Amen. Amen. That's why I love thanks. I love Thanksgiving time. I, I, I'm a real Scrooge. I am a real, real Scrooge. I, I, I almost disown Brother Gasaway uh, Sunday night because after church they just started out dragging all these Christmas decorations out. Oh, that's just liberal as can be. I mean, that just. <laughs> I love Thanksgiving. Why? How many people bring presents on Thanksgiving? There's no focus on presents at Thanksgiving. There is on food, which I like food, but anyway. I like presents too, but, but what, do we, what do we focus on on Thanksgiving? Thankfulness. Thankfulness. I've been preaching a series on the will of God and one of the one of the parts in first in Second Thessalonians chapter number four, uh, chapter number five, it says, "In everything, what? Give thanks. Why? For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you." Amen. Amen. I love Thanksgiving. Why? Because we can stand and say, "Thank the Lord for His blessings and His care in my life." Amen. Amen. All right. Now then, we'll start at the beginning since we already did the end part. Bring up the, the other one. <laughs> All right. In case the, some of you don't know who we are, uh, we're the Trask family, and we're missionaries to the country of Honduras. And uh, before I get any farther, I do want to say thank you to you as a church and each of you individually. 
uh, for your prayers and for your support, yes, but for your prayers, but then also for hitting the like button. Do you, you, you may not realize how much encouragement it is when you hit that silly like button. Now, you, you, can, you can make it a mean face, you can make it a wow or a heart or whatever you want it to be. But when you say something about the ministry on Facebook and somebody clicks like, that means they saw it. That means somebody knows where you're at. Does that make sense? Does that make sense? We send out, a, we send out an email and uh, some of you... Some of you are on our, uh, we call it our Trask Pray Mail, and we send out an email, whether it's just giving an update or like that tropical storm came through, Robin sent out a, a, an email saying, pray for Gene, Lord, give him wisdom. And, oh dear Lord, there was, I don't know how many people responded back to that email saying, we're praying, we're praying. And uh, we had 40 miles in the, in the dark on a flooded trail that's not used. And just going down through there, I pulled my GPS out of the pocket to see if we was on the right trail and it was full of water. And yes, Lord, you won't have to keep us on the trail. Why? God's people were praying. And that, that's what keeps a missionary on the field. That's what keeps a missionary on the field. So, so you may hate Facebook. You may hate all about it. But every once in a while, make, make, just, make just a folder Make a group of your missionaries, a missionary group. And if you don't scan anything else, go on and scan your missionary group. And if you don't read it, just go down through there and like everybody. <laughs> Why? Because it encourages the missionary. Guaranteed it encourages the missionary. Amen? All right, well, get back to it. we got to hurry up. All right, we've got three kids that are hopefully in a little red car headed out of Atlanta. Uh, that's uh, somewhere there. Where are we going? There we go. Uh, Kayla is the oldest. She's studying nursing. Levi's up in North Carolina in Bible Institute. And Lydia is in, o or she was in Oklahoma City. She'll go back here in a little while. Uh, so that leaves Aaron, Robin, and myself. We're missionaries in Honduras in the region, uh, in the state of gracias a Dios. And that does not mean thank you, goodbye. That's thanks to God. Uh, in the region of La Mosquitia, and the reason La Mosquitia is because we're working with the Mosquito Indians. And if you say it in English, yes, that means mosquito, all right? And when we do, when we do uh, kids' Sunday schools and stuff, we, we tease them. You say, you want to hear how the, the mosquito language is? And they say, yeah, okay. <laughs> anyway, all right, this is our house. Uh, with downstairs. Uh, we have an area for uh, supplies and then materials. And then uh, the next floor, dining room, kitchen, all of that, our bedroom, bathroom. Upstairs is two bedrooms, two bathrooms. We did that so if a group comes down, we can put them upstairs. They can stay there. And then, of course, the boat he's talking about, 22-foot uh, fiberglass. It's got a long, narrow point. If you ever see pictures of Jamaica and stuff, you'll see that style of boat. They call it a Jamaican style. And 40 horse on the back, we use that for going to town about every two weeks. Uh, go across the bay, it's about an hour, 45 minutes to go. Hour coming back, Robin goes and shops and I go stand in line at the bank. Uh, 
and usually I get something out if they have anything. But anyway, uh, we don't have a vehicle. Uh, there's, not, there's not but the one road out where we live. And so uh, we just use the four-wheeler, putting the, the boat in and out of the water and going different places. And so it's our transportation. We also use it as our church bus. This particular Sunday, a group from a village up the way, they'd walked in a couple hours to come to church. And uh, so we had told them, if you'll come, we'll take you home. And so uh, they had come, and I think there was about 14, 13, 14 of them that Sunday that had come. Now, normally, Levi... Uh, he would he would go out. We have some uh, older older men that like to come to church, but they can't walk, and so he'll go pick them up and bring them in. And uh, he's brought in as many as eleven or twelve on the four wheeler at one time. But uh, I think that's beyond manufacturers' recommendations. But anyway. <laughs> it also works our cargo mover. Uh, our generator is a diesel generator. The diesel comes in fifty-five gallon drums. Comes on the boat. And you just roll it off the boat, roll it up, put it on the trailer, take it to the house. And anything that we need hauled, uh, we usually do it on four-wheeler or trailer. But our church, Iglesia Bautista de la Biblia, or in Miskito, Preswat la Baptis Dawan Bila. And uh, in English, it's a Baptist Church of the Bible. And we started out, just the, took a couple men and uh, then we went out and in the boat to an island and cut some trees and just built like a brush arbor, a little tabernacle, and put uh, plastic on top. Then later, Lord allowed us to build uh, a building out of uh, treated lumber, and then we was able to put a cement floor in it. We'll run anywhere from 60 to 80 on Sunday mornings, and uh, Robin teaches a kid's class. Uh, Sunday school, they use uh, the thing called Betty Lucan, like flannel graph, and she teaches that, and, and they'll sing songs, and then they get to do uh, a coloring. Uh, they love the coloring. And this next one has a, a video, if you can hear it. Uh, try to see if you can tell what song it is. All right, you know that song? Bring them in. Very good. All right, we got somebody got an ear for it. All right. It doesn't matter what, what language it's in. Well, of course, you know, you got to make sure the words are the same. But anyway, you recognize the tune. That's the songs we sing. Uh, we have a Miskito hymnal, uh, one out on the back table there. And uh, that's, what we, that's what we sing out of. All of our singing uh, pretty much is in Miskito. Some of the courses we do in Spanish. And then one time through in Spanish, then in, in Miskito. And then my preaching, uh, all my scripture verses, I read out of the, out of the Miskito. And then I preach in, in Spanish. And then uh, trying to throw in, as I'm learning Miskito, I'll throw in all kinds of different words, you, hopefully the right ones. But anyway, you just throw them in as you can, the phrases and all that kind of thing. And it just try to, try to bring them into so that they can get in the context where you're headed and if you've ever tried to learn a foreign language you get so far where you understand so much but you can't just understand everything but if you know the context and so that brings them into the context of what they're what, what I'm preaching so they can 
understand a little bit better. Um, we have right at 15 members in the church right now, uh, and from that, we've started uh, this, uh, we're starting, excuse me, this mission work. We've got, actually we have four different mission works that we're getting started. This one's about a 45-minute ride uh, up the trail. That group that was on the four-wheeler, they had come from this village, and they were asking us to start a church for them. And so we did the same thing. We just went out and cut trees, built the, the tabernacle part. But this one, we laid the, um, the te- what do you call it? Tiki thatched roof. Yeah, that's what it is in English, I think. But anyway, uh, on, the, on the building, and they'll run anywhere from 20 to 30 people uh, on a Sunday morning. Uh, they're, they're in that church, and we don't have a pastor there yet. That's what we call a mission work, uh, is a church that doesn't have a pastor. Uh, once they get a pastor, they're a, a growing church. Uh, maybe not be uh, constituted or anything yet, but they're a church that's growing. Uh, till that time, we just call them a mission work and uh, trying to go and preach, and as the people come and we're able to get a, a pastor in there, then uh, they'll be able to, uh, to grow and build them a building and support their pastor. And so uh, that's the first of, first of the four mission works that we do. And then, of course, we've got four regular churches that we work with. Now, there's a lot of different churches there, but there's only four right now that agree with us doctrinally and practically. And so any church that will agree with us doctrinally and in practice, we try to help them with materials, with revival meetings. We go to their meetings, they come to our meetings, they send people to, uh, to the Bible Institute, that kind of thing. And these are not churches that we've started. They've been there for 20, uh, this particular church here, and Tuntun Tata's been there for over 30 years. And uh, they, they go through the same thing we go through here in the U.S., uh, this particular church. Uh, at one time, they had over 100 members, and they went down to less than 50. Why? Because they didn't want to talk in tongues. They didn't want to let the women preach. And they, they didn't want to do the dancing and everything like they do with the week. It's not contemporary music like, like we have here in the States, but it's the same idea. And they didn't want to participate in that. They said, we don't think that's biblical. And so the people stood behind the pastor, and those people left. Well, what happens? Well, you're in a village of 800 people, and you don't have transience and that kind of thing. So these other people go out, and the other churches there, they're healing people. Well, these people have to pay almost two weeks' salary if they were to have a job, which they don't. But if they had had a job, they have to pay two weeks' salary to come in and be healed. So you know what happens. They go home and they're not healed. Well, after they've done that two or three times, they kind of get upset, okay, because it's the same people. And so now they begin to see that that this is just a money-making thing, that this is false, there's nothing truth but. And now this church has grown. They're running almost 200 people and they're having to expand their building. Why? Because people have seen through the false religion and they're coming back to somebody who stayed with the truth of the word of God. So we're glad to help people like that. <laughs> anyway, this is uh, Rabasin Padilla. He's in the village of Kurdi. He's, he's a professor in our Bible Institute. And then we have the village of Alka. 
Uh, Brother Risley Gutierrez grew up there, and he's been pastor in this church uh, uh, for about 35 years now. And in the village of Alca is where we went in October, about a 45-minute walk away from where Brother Risley's church is. And, of course, you know, there's not roads and stuff, so it's just walking and things like that. But anyway, uh, about a 45-minute walk away, a community's grown up, and they've asked for a church. And so when we went down... We asked them, we told them ahead of time, if you can build us some sort of tabernacle where we can meet. And so the fellow went out and he actually paid. If you'll notice that these are actually two befores. He paid to have them cut. They cut them with chainsaws. And then he and his boys hauled in the poles. It's about a two-mile hike to bring those poles in. And then he paid. There was some Wumba tins laid across where the people are sitting there for the pews. He did all of that. Oops, oh, I missed it. And his house, his house is the one with just the, the leaves on top and one side's covered with tarp. He could have put all of that money into his house, but instead he put it into this church building so he could have a church. And uh, later at the end of the meeting, he donated six and a half acres of land so that we could go up there and build a house for a pastor when we get a pastor installed in the house, then uh, we'll help the pastor finish building the church building, and uh, they'll, have, they'll have a, be able to have a church. And uh, we had, for the revival meeting, we had probably 200 people come in, but in reality, for regular church membership, uh, they have a possibility of probably 50 or 60 people uh, in the church there. Then one of the other missions, the third mission work, is in the village of Ponsana. This is Brother Nichin Ordonez. And uh, the village of Ponsana, about 100 people. And it's upriver. They've never had a church before. And uh, we went by there uh, when, we were, when we were on the river and just stopped in and asked if they'd be interested in us doing a revival meeting. And they were. So we went three different times. And after that, Brother Nichin got a burden for it. That's missions, all right? He's, he left his home. And it's about 150 miles away from his home. And that's a long ways in a John boat. But anyway, uh, he left and he's gone up there and we've helped him build this house. He should almost have it dried in now. Uh, and uh, he'll bring his wife. He's got a wife and three kids. Bring them up there and they'll be getting started the First Baptist Church of Pansana. And that's on what we call the river ministry. The river ministry is on the Patuka River. Uh, when, I go, when I go up there, I leave the house about 10.30 at night uh, and have the John boat with a 15 horse on it. And uh, we leave about 10.30 at night and go across the bay long ways. And uh, usually about 2, 3 o'clock in the morning, we get to the other side and you go up the creek and we've made arrangements. A truck meets us. You unload everything out of the boat. You load the boat in the truck and everything back in it. And it takes about an hour to get over here to the river. And uh, usually if you can get on the river about daylight, 1, 2 o'clock in the afternoon, you'll make it up to Pansana or uh, to the village of Krausirpe. And uh, Krausirpe, we was talking at, at supper time about well drilling. Krausirpe is the place where we went in May uh, to try to drill a well because we've built three or four, we built three different uh, little tabernacles like this in Krausirpe held revival meeting. When we come back, they've taken it all. They've cut it down. They've stolen it, 
used it for firewood, whatever, and there's nothing there, and we have to go do it again. And um, building that, you know, you have to hike back into the jungle and bring all that in. So the idea is when we drill, trying to drill the well, is they don't have good drinking water there. Their drinking water is about a mile and a half away. So the idea is if we could drill a well there in the village, then maybe next time we build a tabernacle and hold a meeting after we leave, maybe they'll tell the people, wait a minute, don't tear that down, look at our well. And if we can come back and something still be there, that gives us the foot in the door. And then we can start building something from there. We've been working Krausirpe for almost seven years now. We had a house on that property, came in one night, backpacked, hauling totes and everything, got up there, and the house was gone. <laughs> it just, uh, that's the kind of village. The other villages aren't quite that bad, but Krausirpe is. So uh, you pray for us as we work in the river ministry. Then, of course, real quick, we do have Bible Institute. We have nine men studying in the Bible Institute. Uh, they come in uh, three times a year uh, for three weeks at a time, uh, four hours a day, Monday through Saturday. And after they've come to cla uh, classes four years, they should have been able to complete all the courses to be able uh, to graduate. And then lastly, the last thing we have is uh, we've just had 76 acres donated to us. And it's, uh, it's a property that a, a place had for uh, uh, medical missions and things like that, and they didn't want to mess with it anymore, and so they've given it to us completely. Um, this is, we call it the driveway, but uh, it has a house somewhere here, has this house on there uh, with four bedrooms, big open area, and uh, has a dormitory there on the property, uh, other buildings there, a kitchen, 30 kilowatt uh, generator, and a tractor, uh, this is the kitchen house, and several other buildings, and then of course it has just a whole bunch of open land, and so we just got that in the month of April, and so we're just now just trying to uh, clean it up a little bit, and uh, get started, our hope is to be able to use it for camps, for revival meetings, conferences, and then the open area, what we want to do is uh, plant it in rice and beans and let the, the pastors who have left their village, gone to other villages, they've left their fields, they've left their crops, give them a place where they can plant and harvest. It's not for profit, it's so they can eat. That's what they do. They plant, they harvest, they eat. And uh, so we want to give them opportunity to be able to do some of that in that land as well. So uh, you pray for us. We've had some particular blessings in the last uh, few weeks. Uh, we've had two people saved, Brother Andy Morales that's down there filling in for us right now. Uh, he, he, uh, we do afternoon services at some shut-ins house, and one particular man that we've been in his, going to his house for about five years now, uh, he, in the, after the service a couple Sundays ago, uh, he asked Christ to come in his heart and save him. And then the very next Sunday after the morning service, his daughter came forward and got saved. And so we're starting, we've been, we've been laying groundwork, and, and the preacher knows how it is, and you all understand, you preach, you preach the truth, you keep preaching the truth. People are in confusion, people don't understand, but you keep preaching, you keep teaching, you just keep doing it and keep doing it, and one day the Holy Spirit turns the light on. 
that's when you start seeing fruit. I, I was reading, I was just looking for what to preach tonight and came across that verse where it says, where Jesus was talking about some, uh, some water and some uh, reap. And he says, I sent, uh, you, you have reaped where you didn't lay a foundation or you didn't plant. And uh, I'm not jealous, well, I am jealous of Andy, but anyway, we've been down there laying a foundation and now he's able to reap a reward. Why? Because we've been laying foundation. And anyway, we'll be headed back the 1st of January, uh, headed back down there. And of course, we start with Bible Institute in February and it just starts, it just kicks into gear. Uh, from there uh, going on and trying to build the work and other works and just trying to build the people. Um, pretty much what we're, what we're looking that we're going to be doing is we're going to have to raise a generation uh, of, of children and young people. And as they grow up and they get older and get in the church, then they begin to evangelize. Why? Because there's so much confusion. It's, uh, it, it's as bad as it is here in the States. I... I Sometimes I do that Baptist cussing. Y'all never do that, do you? Oh, I get so infuriated because of the things that are going on. And then I think, you know, it's the same way in the U.S. There's, it, the devil is everywhere. And it, it is his goal not, not, just, not, to cause, not just to cause them to go into demonism, but just to confuse them in religion so that they do not accept the truth. So you pray for us, that the Lord will help us and encourage us. And if you would be interested in committing to pray for us, uh, we do have what we call our Trask Pray Mail, and uh, you can sign up on our Pray Mail list. It has nothing to do with money. We're looking for people that will pray for us. Uh, money will do a lot of things, but prayer is what keeps a missionary on the field. Prayer is what keeps a missionary on the field. And if you'd be interested in praying for us, uh, you sign up on that. If you don't do email, give us your address, and we'll send you a regular letter uh, just so that you can know where we're at, know how to pray, know how the Lord's working in our hearts.